Welcome back to another edition of the Educational AD Podcast. We couldn't do these without the incredible support of our sponsors, and we want to start by saying thank you to all of them. First, thanks to our diamond sponsor, Varsity Brands, including BSN, Varsity Spirit, and Herf Jones. Varsity Brands, elevating student experiences in sport, spirit, and achievement. We also want to thank our platinum sponsors, including Camp Mobile, where leaders communicate better. Hometown Ticketing, simple and easy online ticketing. Vital Signs, bring student achievements to life. Gipper, sports graphics made incredibly simple. Ephesus Lighting, innovating a brighter future at every level. And Gilman Gear, always a step ahead. Thanks to all of our great sponsors. Welcome back everyone to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. Our guest today is Rob Seymour. Rob is a certified master athletic administrator and he's the athletic director at Fishers High School in Fishers, Indiana. Rob, welcome to the program. Thanks, Jake. I really appreciate you uh, having me on and giving me the opportunity to, to have the time to speak with you. Oh, absolutely. It's been a blast getting to know people from around the country and, and hearing how, uh, how they do things and sharing their best practices. So let's go and jump right into it. We always like to let our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests. So tell us a little bit about yourself, where you grew up, where you went to school and college, and, and how this uh, love of sports led to a career in athletics. Yeah, thank you. Um, so I grew up, it's interesting, I grew up in a small town, um, had like 186 people in my graduating class. And our community, which was just north of Indianapolis, um, that has blown up. And now I actually teach at um, one of the schools that we actually, my high school split. And we are now, I'm in a building here at Fisher's High School that has 3,700 kids. Our other school has about 3,600. So again, back to that day uh, when I graduated, I think we had 3,300 kids in the entire K through 12. And now um, we got two schools that set above that. So um, grew up obviously, and, and I you know, work in the community I grew up in, which is phenomenal. Um, growing up, athletics were uh, important to me. I tried to com you know, compete in everything I could. Once I got to high school, I narrowed that down to wrestling only. Um, Came back, I went away for college for a year, came back and coached at my high school and got it and basically started that when I was pretty young, obviously a sophomore in college. Um, and that led to one day deciding I was in pretty good shape. So I ended up running uh, a local half marathon here. And then that launched my running uh, interest. Um, and that, that led me down the path of Basically, I went to IUPUI, which is a local, um, you know, the extension school of Indiana University. Uh, went into sport, uh, the physical education major, and I knew I wanted to get into teaching. Um, growing up, I had, you know, a great experience in high school. I loved it. I was always one of the first kids in school. I loved being around, loved being around the, my friends, loved being around the teachers. Um, and so I, I wanted to get back into that. And I thought, I, I thought coaching was going to be it. Um, 
So, but once I got my first coaching or first teaching job, I realized that that was much more rewarding than I would have ever anticipated. Um, so I taught nine years of elementary PE. I was uh, kind of ready to move on and get back to the, to a high school level. So then when um, in 2003, um, it was decided that again, in my community, that our high, two high schools were gonna, or one high school was gonna split. And, um, but it was gonna be three years as a freshman campus. So it was a perfect time for me because um, there was no pressure to hire coaches because it was again, just one high school. Um, so I, I, was, I got in just being a physical education teacher. Um, I did come back to re- coaching wrestling again, back at my, you know, at my alma mater um, and got into coaching cross country and track. And then in 2006, when we split schools, um, I was the head boys and girls cross country coach and uh, then I was also the head girls track coach. And in 2007, the second fall, we were the boys state champion in cross country. And then in February of 2008, I got out of teaching and coaching altogether and took a role as a Dean of Students here at Fishers High School. Um, and I was a, a Dean of Students for six years. Um, at the front end of that, I had finished all of my sports administration uh, minus a last three hour project through Ball State University. Um, and I loved it. I thought, you know, I, I really would like to be an athletic director someday, um, but that didn't work out right away. And I ended up, like I said, being the Dean of Students, which to me, I loved. It was a, it was a great job. Um, obviously your target audience, um, sometimes selected by misbehavior, but I loved working with those kids. I thought it was a great blend between, between being an administrator and being a coach. Um, and so I, I really enjoyed that. I, uh, my, my principal, kind of views the way he views administration as you come in that that dean of students job is a nice entry level you get the skill sets developed there the next one he looks at is as an athletic director um so in my sixth year we had an assistant principal leave and i got to take on the assistant principal's job for about three months and then an ad we had we were a 280 high school um so one of the athletic directors retired and i was able to then transfer uh transition over into the athletic director's job so this is my seventh year now, I believe, of being an athletic director. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's a, I think with all the skill sets that I've been given, it, it's been, been great and I love it. Uh, I always love to hear those stories and how those various positions, you know, teacher, coach, uh, dean, AP, uh, you know, help you do your job. You know, I, I still remember um, I was the AD and head football coach at a, a school in South Florida and uh, we'd gone through it like five deans in four years, and uh, our faculty approached me about becoming the dean, and I think they thought my football coach mentality was what we needed. Long story short, uh, I stepped away from being an AD. I was still the head football coach, but I was the dean for two years and really enjoyed it. Uh, as you said, you're working with a different uh, population most of the time, but uh, really, like I said, really enjoyed it. Uh, and then I was, uh, after two years, I was approached by a another school that was looking for an AD. And what I realized, uh, I liked being a dean, but I loved being an athletic director. Uh, but again, that experience was really, really beneficial. Uh, also, I got to ask you, you know, Indiana, uh, you know, you a fan of, uh, you know, what uh, the football team's doing so far? Yeah, it's exciting. I mean, obviously, um, I think the first weekend, or maybe even the second weekend, you know, Indiana football, uh, all the football teams in Indiana were almost undefeated at one point, you know, so it was exciting. Um, obviously, Indiana 
you know, IU football, IU basketball, very exciting and, um, and a lot of big IU fans around here. So yeah, the, the season they're starting off with is great. Is great. Oh no, I mean, just crazy, exciting games. Yeah. Um, Rob, in our profession, uh, we always talk about the importance of leadership and especially mentoring, you know, mentoring that next generation. So I'm curious, uh, who were some of your mentors growing up? Uh, maybe teachers or coaches that you had or even uh, people that you worked with or worked for. Uh, I, I like to say, uh, I still hear those voices in my head when I'm talking with uh, a kid or a coach or sometimes even a parent. So whose voice do you still hear? Yeah, you know, listening to a lot of your podcasts and, and great responses from uh, a lot of your different uh, you know, guests that you've had on here, you know, I started thinking about that. And we, uh, we are an inside out um, school and, and so through that process, I really had to start reflecting on like what my purpose was, right? And, and I struggled with that. And then all of a sudden I realized that when I was growing up, I had people that cared for me and supported me. And, and I can't say that I've had a mentor. I mean, I, had a, I worked at a local John Deere store and I had, I had people there that cared for me and supported me and mentored me. I still go back and, and meet with some of those guys and, and just you know reminisce on old times. Um, I obviously had great teachers, um, you know, a few stick out. There's like one of our junior high ADs. He has grandkids in my school now. And so I run into him at soccer games. Um, you know, so there's, there's some key people in my high school and junior high um, that I, you know, I've, I've tried it probably about five years ago. Anytime I ran into them, I've started taking pictures with them uh, just so I can, you know, remember the good times and and uh, and what they did for me as as a you know young person growing up, um, and so and I you know my grandpa my uh, he was really influential with me and my work ethic, and we had a neighbor that also uh, was really a really hard worker and taught me, you know the the importance of of the quality that you put into your jobs um, and how you look at the, you know, the different tasks that you take on and whether they're worth doing. And if they are, then put your best effort into them. Um, so there's so many different people. And then, you know, growing into my professional career, um, well, even my community, go skip back to being young. Uh, I grew up in the, where I grew up in my community, you know, there's a, we, we call it the three wise men and a couple of them have passed away now, but they're at every one of our games and they were there at my games when I was a young, you know, young student passing through. Um, so they've been influential. Uh, and then moving into professionally, um, athletic directors everywhere, I think, are, are great mentors. I mean, it's a great profession for sharing. Um, our local school, our sister school, uh, there's an AD over there, Jim Self, and I've known him for a long time. And, and I remember walking around as a coach and just paying attention to what he was doing and how he handled officials and, you know, and just how he presented himself and his school. Um, and I really respected that and, and have for years. Um, and then my current principal now, as I kind of alluded to earlier, he really set up the path for me um, to gain the skill sets I need and to put me in a position that I feel that I can be the best for my school, for my community, and for my athletes. Yeah, it's uh, always just such a plus when you have that positive relationship you know, with your boss, uh, you know, it's, it's not really that work for, it's work with uh, relationship. And I've been blessed throughout most of my career to, to have those types of relationships. Um, Rob, uh, you've been on the job now for many years and, and you've worked to get your CMAA. 
the NIAAA uh, prides itself on being, you know, part of that mentoring network. So share a little bit with our listeners, you know, your journey from, you know, first coming into the uh, world of athletic administration to the process of taking that first LTI course, and then, of course, uh, you know, reaching that level of uh, CMAA. Yeah. Um, so when I started again, you know, back in 2014, uh, signed up for my first state conference, you know, that we hold ours in March. Um, and I went and I took like three classes right away, I think. And, and just really, again, I didn't know very many people in the profession. Um, so signing up to take the LTI classes was a great way to uh, consume information and also just to get to know people because you're spending some quality time with them. Um, prior to the conference, uh, you, we do our, you know, you, we do our LTI courses prior to the conference. So it was a great way of getting to know people. Um, and so I kind of started taking those, um, not at a real rapid pace at first, but I, anytime I had an opportunity, I would take them. Um, so our state conference, um, the other athletic director that I have here, that's, uh, he's been, in, he's been AD for like 36 years. Uh, so he's been doing this a long time. And he goes to the national, he's been, he has a long-standing run of going to the national conference. And I, so I've always told myself that I would wait until he retired to go to the national conference. Uh, that way we're not both out of the office. Um, but last year I decided to go ahead and, uh, and go to that national conference. Now in 2018, um, I did set my CAA and, and achieved that. I was kind of thrown up the idea of, do I go for my RAA? And then I realized, wait, I've got enough coursework. I've already been doing this for a couple of years. So why, why do that? I'll just go to the CAA. So I never held the RAA certification. Um, so I got my CAA in 2018, uh, continued again to take some classes, you know, a little bit slower pace. And then when I went to the national conference this past December, um, I signed up to take, I think I took two or three, two out there, I believe. And I was setting like five classes short of the CMAA and obviously some idea of a project, right? Um, and so, when I got back from there, I just really, I was on fire, obviously. I mean, that, you know, that conference is great, right? Um, I, I signed up for everything out there. I know some people go and they want to see the area. And, and I was, not me, I went to all the, all the different sessions. And I went to one out there of how to be involved in, in IAAA and, and uh, you know, and all that stuff. Um, so when I came back, I took, I think I took a couple classes online. Um, and then I took a couple others that the NI did, you know, through COVID that obviously would not have normally been offered at that time. Right. Um, right. So I really just, I just really buckled down and got all the coursework needed. And then the only, the only hurdle in front of me was the, uh, the, you know, the project piece. Um, and then I realized I've been working on a project for many years. That's, that really would be good. And that was my, uh, I did a digital, we're a VNN school. And I did it, we created a digital uh, coach's handbook and it's kind of a living document, right? So anytime a coach comes and asks about something and I'm like, oh, that's in the handbook um, here, let me show you. But if they, but if it's not in there, then it's like, you know what, that's a great idea. Let's put that in the handbook. Um, so it's really a useful tool. I mean, even down to, you know, rotation, uniform rotations, right? So, I mean, I tried to have it be as inclusive as possible. Um, so that's kind of where I was now. Again, it's interesting sitting last March, March of actually not this past March, but March of 2019. I remember having some conversations and asking some people in, in our double I triple A, you know, I need to, I want to get involved. I want to get, uh, I want to get to know more people. And, you know, that was a short time ago, right? And, and now I'm one of the assistant mentor uh, coaches or, you know, committee members for our district. 
for our association. And then, um, and so that's letting me get to know people across all across the state. And then this past summer, I was also uh, notified and contacted um, by, by the NIAAA that I'm gonna serve on a committee for that as well. So it's been great. I, I'm looking forward to it. I really, uh, it's, a, it's just a great profession. Well, you, you hit on three key things uh, for me that I, I really want to highlight. And that's, you know, number one, if you haven't been to the national conference, you need to go. And when you do come back, you will be on fire. I remember, you know, my first conference in uh, 2008, exact same experience, uh, you know, came back and just started taking those courses like crazy. You also talked about your project. And for those of you looking ahead to your CMA project, uh, I'm a member of the NIAAA certification committee. So I work with ADs on their project. I evaluate their projects. And the message is you don't need to invent some brand new pie in the sky, never been done before uh, thing. You are already doing something with your kids, with your coaches on your campus. Uh, you know, maybe it's fundraising, maybe it's school spirit. It, it could be anything, but you're doing something that would make a great CMA project. So, you know, don't let that hold you back. Uh, in fact, reach out to, you know, Rob or myself or anybody uh, to, you know, help you point, maybe point you in that uh, right direction. And then, um, you know, lastly, um, you know, Rob talked about um, getting involved, not just at state level, but at the national level. You know, there are opportunities out there. There are committees that are looking for new people. Every, the term on a committee, unless you're a chair, uh, is three years. You're on for three years, you work like crazy, and then you rotate off. So uh, get involved at your local level, your state level, and uh, if you feel called at the national level as well. Uh, Rob, let's go ahead and uh, jump right into COVID. Um, you know, we've certainly seen a variety of responses across the country. And to our listeners, you know, we're recording this um, in the middle of November. So by the time it airs, things uh, hopefully will change for the better. But uh, Rob, right now, what's happening in Indiana? Uh, what's happening at your school with regard to return to school as well as return to play and athletics? Yeah, so Indiana, is, uh, we've been blessed that our state association, our athletic association has really tried to keep uh, you know, everything moving forward. And they've put it to local control on what we want to decide um, you know, if we're going to basically everything from you know, spectators to participation. Um, so th that's been, a, I think, a bonus for us. We started back in July 6th um, in the summer. And athletics was obviously the first thing to launch. Obviously, you know, no one's in school at that time. And so we had about a three to four week head start on COVID protocols and um, and getting our you know getting our feet wet and getting some really good experience dealing with all the different protocols. Uh, early on, our school corporation decided that they were going to start virtually, and so um, that the discussion came down like you know if we're going to be virtual, do you allow athletics to continue? And really, all the protocols that we had established and the success that we had had, they decided to let us go ahead and, and move forward, and that that was a a huge bonus for us. Um, so we kept, you know, moving forward with athletics. We started off with a uh, kid, again, kids were virtual. While they were virtual, we had um, no spectators. 
And, and then we got to a point where we allowed, you know, family, immediate family only. And then we transitioned into allowing students to be at contests and, and do to, uh, you know, buy our tickets. Um, we launched digital ticketing um, with Ticket Spicket, which was phenomenal. It really helped us control our capacities. And uh, currently, right now, we are in a 50-50 uh, hybrid uh, with a virtual option. So our students can choose to be virtual or not. And right now, about a third of our uh, a third of our student body is is virtual. And then we have 50-50. So a red group comes in on Monday, Wednesday, every other, Monday, Tuesday, every other Wednesday. And then we have a blue group that comes in uh, again every other Wednesday and their Thursday, Friday. So that's kind of where we're at now. Uh, we're in the transitioning between our fall sports. We have football is the only fall sport left going. We're in the regional round um, and we're launching. We launched boys basketball and boys swimming as the final sports for winter um, right now. So where we're at now athletically is trying to uh, reel some things back in. Uh, we're gonna kind of step back. Numbers are increasing dramatically in, in our area, in the state of Indiana. So we're, we're going back to immediate family only, um, controlling the capacities. Obviously there's the concern of moving indoors. Um, but you know, we've, we've been fortunate. Uh, back in March, we started our athletic, our, our double I triple A and uh, me and a couple other ADs started a Zoom meeting, weekly Zoom meeting, right around the same time that Amanda Waters and Ira Childress started theirs. And uh, so I was I was running our meeting on Mondays. I would catch Ira and Amanda's on Wednesdays. I think at times I saw you in there probably. Um, you know, and so, but we've been doing that. I think we've only missed like one or two weeks since, um, since March. So across the state athletically, we've been sharing great ideas. Um, in our district, we're a two high school district, so we get, you know, we share ideas that way. And then you got your conference, right? So you got a lot of people, a lot of great minds um, that are really allowing us to um, come up with best practices and to, to make the, you know, the safest environment for our athletes and for our spectators. Yeah, absolutely. You talked about uh, as you transition to winter sports, uh, you're going to dial things back a little bit uh, as far as fans. I was going to ask you. Uh, how were your fans, you know, uh, responding um, from a game management standpoint? Were they, you know, social distancing? Uh, you know, I remember the, our first home football game where we allowed the students to come back. You know, they just did what high school kids do. They just clumped together, you know, and we were very, you know, hands-on or, <laughs> pardon the pun, uh, keeping them separated. So how have your fans been uh, under these new rules? Yeah, I think uh... – I think they, our fans have probably been a good representation for those across the country. There was a period where they were extremely happy to have athletics back and they would have done anything. Um, and then that honeymoon period kind of wore off, right? And then they wanted, they wanted normalcy back. Um, so we, you know, we have, I feel like we've redone our plan almost every week to some degree. You know, like we, after hosting a few times, um, we changed our message, you know, that we were asking for, you know, we repeated our message more often during a game. We even kind of tweaked it a little bit on what was being said. Um, and then, you know, that basically got us through that, through the fall season. And so we'll kind of carry on with some of those things. We had to write a proposal to our local health department for the number of spectators we could have. Our governor said you could have like 250, um, you know, at, a, at an event. And so we wrote a proposal to ask for 250 for every entrance. So we were able to split our home bleachers to a north entrance, a south entrance. We had to have different, we had to have separate restrooms, separate concessions, and then we had the visitor side. 
So that allowed us to go to like 750 people. Um, and, and so what we really did is we changed our message to our parents and said, hey, we, you know, with permissions that we have been granted by our local health department, we're we're ensuring that we're going to wear masks. We're ensuring that we're going to have social distancing. So, you know, we, we put that out there and I think the majority of them do a pretty good job. Um, and I think that as the concerns grow, they, they, they've started getting back to it. And as we go inside, going to limited numbers, we'll, we'll obviously be able to monitor it a little bit more. And, and um, so we're, we're hopeful we are cautiously optimistic. Yeah, uh, the, the rules, you know, whether it's local, state, federal, you know, they're changing sometimes daily. Uh, but again, the message to the fans is, you know, hey, we want to keep doing this, you know, help us, you know, keep yeah. doing it, uh, do your part. Uh, Rob, another question we've been asking our EDs uh, has to do with uh, this idea of, you know, social awareness, social justice, if you will. Um, and my question has been this, you know, what are some things that we can do as athletic administrators? What are some things that we can do a better job of uh, with our populations uh, as far as, you know, being, you know, socially aware and socially just? Yeah. You know, Jake, I think this is a very challenging time, obviously. Um, I think it's, I wish the timing would have been different for some of the things that did happen across our country with the social injustice. Because a lot of us that are in leadership positions athletically, we were just swamped with COVID. And, you know, every conversation that you seem to have was, it just it hogged the, the, your attention, right? And, and so prior to COVID, our school district, uh, we had some good traction on some, on some diversity training. And, and, and we, you know, as a district level, right? Like we had almost all of our administrators went through some training, but we were, we were really um, heading in the right direction. And then COVID hits and we aren't, you know, and then you're taking a, you know, it takes kind of a backseat. And then the, then the social injustice in our country kind of really came to the forefront. And I really, I mean, to be honest with you, this is one of the weaknesses I think we have um, that I personally have. Um, you know, if I don't have a really clear plan on something, then I, then I kind of like drag my feet through self-reflection. I've kind of gathered that. Um, and so, you know, like with the inside out initiative and the transformative coaching, like that was real easy, right? The plan was given to us and we, and it was real easy to launch with what we do athletically for social injustice isn't as clear. And, and so that's where I've got to try to, I've tried to re here recently started consuming some materials because everybody's kind of getting through COVID, everybody kind of knows what to expect. And now we can maybe start getting back to our attention on some of those things. Um, you know, I, I think a common, the, the transformative coaching and the inside out initiative, what it, what it did is gave us a common language, right? You know, it allowed coaches, athletic directors, athletes, parents, all of us started get, you know, to develop a common language of what education-based athletics mean. And I think that's one of the things that when we start talking about social injustices, um, we need to start, we need to have a common language or a common understanding. Like what, what are some good examples of the injustices that are occurring in education-based athletics? And how can, we, how can we get past that? Because everybody's got a different lens and they may not see things in the same way. And we've got to put, a, we've got to put some, lay, uh, you know, some, worded, uh, some wording to it and some common understanding to it. Um, I, I, you know, I, I read a book here recently, The Book of Joy, and it was a conversation between the, the Dalai Lama and, and um, Archbishop Tutu. And it was a, like a 
seven or eight day conversations they had just about the concept of joy. And I really started thinking, you know what, this may be, this may be one of the, a great way to get to the common language and social injustice is just treating everybody in a humane way. That's how you get your, that's how you get joy. You get joy personally by giving it to others. And, and so I thought, of, you know, and one of the, the um, one of the points they make in the book is that religion, a specific religion is not going to get us where we want to go. It's going to be everybody working together. And that concept, I think, is going to be the same thing that's going to get us through the social injustices that we're trying to, that we're facing as a country or facing locally, is getting everybody on the same page, moving in the same direction with the same understanding. Great, great message. I really appreciate you sharing that uh, resource, too. Well, Rob, uh, it's been great getting to know you these last uh, couple months through uh, NIAAA's uh, website, but uh, we're not done yet. Uh, we always like to wrap up with what we call the new athletic director's toolbox. Uh, now, you're a veteran athletic director, but right now I'm going to task you with sending out a brand new AD on their very first job, but I'm only going to let you put three things in their toolbox. What three items are going to go in Rob Seymour's athletic director toolbox? Jake, I, I've always grown up telling people give people more than they expect so i'm going to give you three but in a way i'm giving you nine <laughs> so i came up with pqr pretty quick return okay um so i think if the three things for the letter p i'd like everybody to get be able to have perspective on what they're doing have patience with their tasks and professionalism Meaning, get out there and get us get into your state association, your national, you know, network, right? Network with other ads. So again, perspective, patience, and professionalism is that's the first P. The Q, ask questions. Don't hesitate to call another ad. Ask a question. Ask a question of your own uh, your own procedures. Do they need to be changed? Should they be modified? Um, and then be quick thinking. As an ad. Many times we've got to think quickly and we've got to think uh, of the safety of, of a lot, right? And uh, so the quick thinking is, is another is part of the cue there. And then the last cue item I have is quality time. Respect that quality time with your family, make time for it um, and make that important because we give up a lot of our family time. Um, so that's the, that's the last on the cue. And then the R, there's three of them obviously, relationships, are extremely important. Um, you know, build relationships with your coaches, build relationships with other ADs, with your students as best you can, uh, and with your parents. Um, and then second R, responsibility. I always, I feel like I want to help my coaches get to, uh, if they ask me something, I don't want to just say no. I want to say no, but let's get you, let's get your idea where it works. And then if it doesn't work, I take the responsibility for it. Okay, so you know, try to help them get where they want to be and make their ideas work. Don't make their ideas mine, um, but be responsible in the end for, for what's happening. And then the last one is, and I think this is probably one of the most important things is reflection. So after you, you know, if you've properly planned, um, things are going to go well, things are not going to go well, but you've got to reflect on it and you've got to be able to um, not take things personal, kind of be indifferent sometimes and be like, okay, you know what, through this reflection, I may not like what a parent says when they call and complain about something, 
but there's probably a little bit of truth to what they're saying. And, and how can I reflect and make things better? Um, not only for that parent, but for every other parent and every other kid in our program. And that's it. So the PQR, pretty quick return. PQR. Uh, I'm not only like any good AD, I'm not only going to steal that. I'm also going to steal that, uh, giving them more than uh, what they expect. Uh, you know, well done. Well done, my friend. Rob, if one of our listeners wants to uh, follow up with you and, um, you know, steal some more things like I did, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Probably through email or uh, um, just shoot me a text. You know, either way, um, my email is rseymour at hse.k12.in.us. Um, cell phone, 317-407-9372. So I, I love talking athletic administration and then be more than happy to help anybody out or um, you know, what this the pandemic, everybody says it's been rough, right? It actually has been great for networking. Um, you know, I got friends in Iowa, you know, the beyond the bench ADs, you know, you got uh, conversations with you. And so, I mean, that, that's one thing that's given us time to, to connect and, and to, and so I'd be more than happy to have a conversation with anybody. Okay. I know people can rewind this podcast, but go and give that email one more time. Yep. It is first initial last name. So that's R-S-E-Y-M-O-U-R at H-S-E dot K-1-2 dot I-N dot U-S. Rob Seymour, thank you so much for uh, being a guest. All the best as uh, the seasons continue to unfold. And to our listeners, thanks as always for tuning in. Remember this uh, Zoom recording will be uploaded to the Educational Athletic Director YouTube channel in a few weeks. Um, thanks again for listening. Come back next time. And